and welcome back to a Thanksgiving edition of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, part of the Edge Sports family. Thanksgiving has a chance to be a good one for fantasy owners with all three games between the Bears and Lions, Bills and Cowboys, and Saints and Falcons taking place in a dome, sheltered from the elements. I'll touch on those relevant players and all the players with the best and worst matchups this week based on their venues, the forecasted weather, and their defensive opponents. Let's get that started with quarterbacks. My favorite matchups of the position this week include Nick Foles, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, and Daniel Jones. For Nick Foles, this is kind of a big test here. He's had three tough games so far since returning from the injury reserve with his broken collarbone, but they've been against teams with pretty good defenses, all three of which have cut passing touchdowns per attempt relative to an average team. This week, Foles is at home facing a Buccaneers team that's number 25 in DVOA against the pass compared to just number one in DVOA against the run. So with that kind of skew, it sends their opponents much more toward the pass than the run. And in fact, the Buccaneers increased their opponents' pass plays by 20%, by far the most in football. The Bucks also increased their opponents' passing touchdowns per attempt by 33%. That's the fourth most. And together, that jumps Foles into my top five at the position this week. Somebody I think you should definitely consider starting in DFS. For Mahomes, I mean, he's number one pretty much regardless of matchup at this point, but at home against the Raiders, he does draw a very nice one here. The Raiders are number 30 in DVA against the pass, and they increase passing yards per attempt by 14% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 42%. That second number there is the second most in football. The only mild concern that I have in this game is that in Kansas City, this game is forecasted to have 17 mile per hour sustained wins. That's the most of the week. Wind tends to hurt passing production for teams, but I'm a little less worried about that for Mahomes with his great arm than I would be for Carr or really any other quarterback. So I think you can safely start Mahomes as the number one quarterback option this week without any any concerns there. Next up, we have Jared Goff. He's facing off against the Cardinals defense that is number 28 in DVOA against the pass. They increased passing plays by 8% and they increased passing touchdowns per attempt by 36%. That's the third most in football. And I think that matchup is so attractive from a defensive standpoint that I'm willing to start Goff in my top 10, even though he tends to do much better at home than on the road in his career. Uh, Obviously, they really need this game after some of their recent struggles. So I expect a bigger day for Goff here against a more favorable matchup than some of his recent opponents. And then across the field from him, we have Kyler Murray facing off against those Rams. The Rams are a good defense, uh, despite what Baltimore just did to them, but they're better against the run than the pass. Number three in DVA against the run, number 20 in DVA against the pass. The Rams increased passing touchdowns by 16%, fresh off allowing five touchdowns to Lamar Jackson uh, this last week. So I think Murray can have a nice day against them too, kind of a similar style of player, if not to the same quite level as Lamar Jackson. And then with Daniel Jones, a bit of a perplexing one here. Does rate really well in my matchup system here. He's at home against the Packers. I think I think of the Packers as being a very strong pass defense based on some of their early season DVOA numbers, but they've declined to number 19 in pass defense DVOA at this point in the season. And while they increased pass yards per attempt by 17%, uh, they're neutral against for pass plays and passing touchdowns. So really, I think you're relying on hopefully more passing yard, uh, total pass attempts for Jones than normal rather than increased production on a per pass basis. The other thing to note here is that the Packers pass rush cuts pass over fumbles by 36%. That does tend to be a particular bugaboo of Jones who doesn't really have great pocket awareness. So that may be a way that helps him pass more and, and keep the offense on the field. One other interesting note about Jones is that so far in his career, he's actually performed better on the road than at home, an unusual split for, for quarterbacks. But beyond just the small sample of it all, Jones has has had two four-touchdown games, both on the road, but both of those came against the Lions and the Jets, two teams that increased passing touchdowns per attempt, the the former by 21% and the latter by 8%. 
So I think that was more of a matchup-related issue than a home versus road split issue, something that I'll keep an eye on going forward. But for now, I'm saying that Jones is probably going to benefit from being at home this week, and I think he's probably going to benefit a little bit from facing a Packers defense that I think is a slightly plus matchup for quarterbacks. Okay, next up, let's pivot over to the quarterbacks with the worst matchups this week. Those include Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Drew Brees. For Watson and Jackson, I mean, those are two quarterbacks that you're probably not going to bench. I do drop Watson from number three in my true talent to 15 in my in my weekly rankings this week but because they are facing the two most fearsome pass defenses with the Patriots and 49ers. Uh, for Watson, that's that Patriots number one DVOA pass defense. They cut passing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 23% and 66% respectively. Both of those are the most in football. And since he relies a little bit more on his arm and a little bit less on his legs relative to Jackson, I think he falls a little bit further this week because of that matchup. And then for Jackson, he's at home facing the 49ers that are number two in DVA pass defense. They cut pass plays by 18%. That's the second most in football. They cut passing yards per attempt by 19% and passing touchdowns per attempt by 27%. One slight piece of optimism I have here is that Kyler Murray has faced the 49ers twice this season, and is pretty much the only quarterback that has had any success against them, being the only dual threat quarterback they've faced this year. Jackson takes that to a different kind of level, and at this point, I don't think I'm benching Jackson regardless. Maybe somebody you could consider staying away from in DFS, but again, I think this is mostly going to be fine. But one other thing to note here is that this game in Baltimore has a 77% chance of rain on Sunday afternoon, the the most um, significant of the weather-related factors this week. That might be a thing that kind of causes both teams to rely more heavily on the run. I just don't really know whether Jackson will be running the ball a lot in those situations or not. Um, I'm optimistic enough, and I think he's been productive enough that you, you're just going to start him and hope for the best. But this could be a, a more defensive-minded game than, than you would expect given the, the Ravens' current hot offense. Next up, we have Josh Allen um, traveling to Dallas to face the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys are the number 18 DBA pass defense, so kind of middle of the line there, but they cut passing touchdowns per attempt by 21%. So I think that's the major part of the downgrade for Allen in addition to being on the road. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is in that Ravens game that, again, I mentioned has a 77% chance of rain. That'll probably hurt Garoppolo more than it'll hurt Jackson as a guy that relies more heavily on his arm. Meanwhile, the Ravens are up to number three in DVOA pass defense, and they cut passing touchdowns per attempt by 57%, third most in football. The defense hasn't really been getting the headlines much this season because of how the offense and Jackson in particular has been playing, but their defense has kind of rebounded from the slow start given their loss of a lot of free agent players. It's a pretty tough test here for Garoppolo on the road. And then finally, with Drew Brees, I mean, he's most notable for having the biggest home run road splits in football other than the injured Ben Roethlisberger. Since 2013, he scored 5.8 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road. I have him docked a little bit because of the matchup then, but I will note that he's facing off against the Falcons in Atlanta. And of anywhere in his career, Brees has had his most success on the road when he's done it in the Dome in Atlanta. He's averaged 321 passing yards, 1.7 passing touchdowns, and 1.0 interceptions per game, adding up to 18.8 fantasy points per game in Atlanta in about 10 games since 2009. That's less than one fantasy point less than his general average of 19.5 fantasy points per game since 2013. So again, this is a situation where for being a guy with extreme home and road splits and playing on the road, this is about as good as it gets for Breeze. And as such, I think you can probably start him as a QB2. I think I have him as more of a QB3 in my ratings. But again, I think this is a little bit better than you would normally get based on the averages. And then finally, as sort of a bonus guy here, I'll, I'll just throw out Dak Prescott. Uh, tough week last week, but facing the Bills at home is another really solid pass defense. 
Actually, honestly, with Jordavius White on Amari Cooper, I wouldn't be surprised if Cooper had another rough day in fantasy, probably even more so than Prescott, but something to keep in mind there as well to close out the quarterbacks. Next up for running backs, the ones with the best matchups this week include Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Le'Veon Bell, Darius Geis, and Miles Sanders. For Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, again, guys that you don't really need to be concerned about the matchups, but they do have nice ones. McCaffrey is at home against the Redskins, the number 21 DVOA run defense. They increased run plays by 21%. That's the second most in football. And Barkley is at home against those Packers that I mentioned. They're actually worse against the run than the past, number 28 in DVOA run defense. They increased rushing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 11% and 40% respectively. Uh, for, for Austin Eckler here, this is mostly about the home and road thing. He's going to uh, Denver to face the Broncos. Usually on the road, you're going to see a little bit more passing attempts to the running backs, a few fewer running attempts for them. So that probably is a slight boost to Eckler and a slight downgrade to Melvin Gordon, even with a Melvin Gordon playing much better now. And for, for Le'Veon Bell, he's on the road but facing a Bengals defense that's number 25 in DVOA against the run. They increased run plays by 23%. That's the most in football. So it could be a good opportunity here for Bell to get a few more carries than he's had in recent weeks. For Geis, he's traveling on the road as well, but going to Carolina to face the number 31 DVA run defense. They actually got passed by the Jaguars, I was stunned to see, but the Panthers still increased rushing touchdowns per attempt by 138%. That's by far the most in football. So I think that's probably good news for both Geis and Adrian Peterson. At this point, it's a bit of a frustrating time split. I'm not really sure who to recommend over the other. I think they're both probably back-end, running back three, flex consideration type of players. But for Sanders, I think he may end up even being higher than my rating here because he's facing off against the Dolphins team on the road that's number 29 in DVA run defense, increased run plays by 19%, and also, crucially for Sanders, increase, uh, they're the number 32 DVOA defense against receiving backs. So already amazing matchup for him there. And then again, I think the, the question here is whether Jordan Howard is going to play or not. He didn't practice on Wednesday, so I think it may be trending towards he's not playing. And so I think if that becomes the case, Sanders is probably going to jump from the back end of my top 30 to probably inside my top 15 at the position. He was on the field almost exclusively ahead of Jay Ajayi last week, so I think Sanders really would be the workhorse guy if Howard missed another start there. Okay, next up, the running backs with the worst matchups this week. Those include Nick Chubb, Carlos Hyde, Sony Michelle, Devontae Freeman, Derek Henry, and Mark Ingram. For Chubb, you know, I think he's lost a little bit of his luster with Kareem Hunt coming in and taking about 60 to 65% of the team's running back targets, but Chubb is still a true talent top 10 running back for me. Um, it's just this week he drops down to 16th on the road facing off against the Steelers. The Steelers are the number six DVOA run defense, and they decrease rushing yards per attempt by 17%, rushing touchdowns per attempt by 59%. That's the third most in football. Could be a tough spot there for Chubb on the road. And for Carlos Hyde and for Sonny Michelle, they are playing each other. Um, that game being in Texas, um, in Houston, between the, the, the Texans and the Patriots. For Hyde, I mean, obviously with the Patriots, you know it's a bad pass defensive matchup, but it's also a tough matchup for running backs because the Patriots are number nine in DVA run defense. And just the excellence of their defense in general helps cut run plays by 16% and cuts rushing touchdowns per attempt by 46%. Both of those numbers are top five in football. And then for Michelle against the Texans, it, it's a little bit more obvious why it's the case this is a tough matchup for an early down running back. The Texans are number 13 in DVOA against the run, but number 26 in DVOA against the pass. So it encourages their opponents to throw a little bit more and run a little bit less. And the Texans, in fact, cut their opponents' run plays by 12% and cut their opponents' rushing touchdowns per attempt by 47%. That is the fourth most in football. For Freeman, I think at this point it's pretty safe to say that he's going to actually suit it up and play on, on Thursday night. 
He's in the third of the three Thanksgiving games. So the good news is you can confirm that probably before you make a final decision early in the week. But I still think this may be a tough matchup for Freeman. I would probably prefer to leave him on the bench. He's more of a flex option for me this week at home against the Saints. The Saints are the number seven DVA run defense, uh, but they actually cut run plays by 20%, which is the most in football. Could be a difficult game for the Falcons if they fall uh, down early. Maybe they'll rely a little bit more heavily on their receiving back in, in Brian Hill this week. And then with Derrick Henry, I mean, this guy can't really be stopped in November and December at this point, but he does fall to the back end of my running back ones this week uh, at, at, uh, on the road against the Colts. The Colts are just neutral in terms of run defense, number 19 in DVOA, but they cut run plays by 10% and they cut rushing touchdowns per attempt by 38%. So I think they're a worse fantasy matchup for running backs than they are a worse real matchup for running backs. And then with Ingram, he draws that 49ers matchup. It's kind of a similar situation to the Patriots where the 49ers are more susceptible to the run, number 16 in rushing defense DVOA, than the pass where they're number two. But again, just the quality of their overall defense leads to fewer rushing touchdowns, 44% fewer than an average team. That's the sixth biggest drop for, for a defense in football. Next up, we have wide receivers, where the best matchups this week include uh, a couple of Jaguars in, in uh, Chark and Chris Conley, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods for the Rams, and then Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs. For, for Chark and Conley, they're both at home against the Buccaneers. The Bucks are a bottom 10 DVOA defense against both number one and number two outside receivers, but they're much better against other receivers, which are mostly slot receivers, where they're number five. So this could be a situation where both Chark and Conley have a lot of success on the outside, which, by the by, kind of boosts Nick Foles, which is why I have him as a top five option at quarterback this week, whereas maybe D.D. Westbrook as the slot receiver has a little bit more trouble in the interior part of this defense. But it could be good news for really all of them. Again, the Buccaneers increased pass plays by 20%, which is the most in football. And I think that could probably help everybody uh, in this offense, not just the primary outside receivers here. For Cup and Woods, uh, facing off against that Cardinals defense, unlike the Bucks, which are kind of split outside versus in, the Cardinals are just generally a good matchup for receivers in general. They're number 29 in DVOA defense against other slash slot receivers and number 28 against number one outside receivers. So for Cup and Woods, I think that's clearly them. Brandon Cooks is back at this point from his concussion, but even just generally this season is only seeing about 15% of the team's wide receiver and tight end target share, a very low total for, for his traditional career numbers. So I think Cup and Woods are the guys that you want to start here. And then in general, the Cardinals increasing passing touchdowns per attempt by 36% could lead to potential touchdown opportunities for, for both players. For Watkins and really for this Chiefs offense in general, a lot of this is going to have to depend on whether Tyreek Hill is fully healthy to go uh, this weekend. It looks like he probably is. Having the bye week helped him rest for, from his hamstring injury that he aggravated in week 11. But I still wonder if maybe Watkins is the better player to try your hand at in DFS. Hill is the second most expensive wide receiver in DraftKings behind only Michael Thomas. And given the uncertainty of, of the, the, uh, the hamstring and whether there might be potential for re-injury, I think that makes it tough to rely on either him or on McCole Hardman because I think both have pretty big bust potential for the week. For Watkins, it's not like he's been lighting it up in fantasy, but this home matchup against the Raiders, the Raiders are number 29 and number 31 in DVOA against number one and number two outside receivers. So I feel like whatever it is that is the lineup for the Chiefs, Watkins is going to be out there benefiting from one of those primary two really attractive uh, cornerback matchups there. So I, I think I'm willing to start Watkins as sort of a deeper flyer in fantasy this week. And then with the worst matchups this week, we have a bunch of good receivers, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Odell Beckham. 
For Keenan Allen, he's on the road against the Broncos. They're the number 15 DVA pass defense, so not as great as they, they were at their peak, but they still cut rushing, uh, still cut passing touchdowns per attempt by 25%. Tough for, for Allen maybe to score in this one. Uh, for DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, uh, both Texans teammates facing off against the Patriots. The Patriots, I mentioned, were number one in DVA defense just against the pass in general, but they're also number one in DVA defense against both number one and number two outside receivers. So tough spot here for both Hopkins and Fuller. Uh, they cut passing yards and touchdowns per attempt by 23% and 66%. So it could be just a generally tough day for the Texans offense in general. And then with Beckham, he draws that Steelers matchup on the road here. The Steelers are number 16 in DVOA against number one outside receivers, but number 32 against other and slot receivers. So I'm, I'm going to say that just on paper, this seems like a much easier matchup for Jarvis Landry than Beckham. And that's why I have Beckham highlighted here. But I'll also note that the Steelers held Cooper Cup catchless a few weeks ago, and that just seemed totally out of nowhere, and I still don't have a great explanation for it. I'm going to probably say that's a blip, but if you're concerned about Landry too, you know, you could easily bench him this week in DFS, for instance, and just kind of ride with somebody you feel a little bit more confident in. But I'm definitely um, out on Beckham this week. I don't have him inside my top 20 like usual. And then let's close this up with the best and worst tight end matchups this week. The best include um, George Everett, or Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby of the Rams. Travis Kelsey, Jack Doyle, and Jacob Hollister. For Everett and Higby, they're facing off against the Cardinals defense. That is the best matchup for opposing tight ends in football. The, the Cardinals are number 32 in DVOA defense against the position, and they allow 78 yards per game to the position. Both of those are the most in football. Everett and Higby just of late have kind of been yo-yoing a little bit back and forth. Everett sort of peaked as a top 10 option for me at, at some point this season, but has seen his target share fall off. I think this week you can probably safely use him again as a back-end tight end one. And then Higby, more of a deeper league option, but top 30 for me at the position this week with the attractive matchup. For Kelsey, you're, you're just going to be starting him every week, obviously, but the home matchup against the Raiders is a plus one for tight ends. They allow 59 yards per game to the position. For Jack Doyle, he's probably the most interesting player maybe of this whole discussion this week. With Eric Ebron landing on injured reserve kind of unexpectedly with, with I guess, hidden ankle injuries that he didn't tell the Colts about. Uh, Doyle is suddenly a tight end one, I feel like, in, at least in discussion. I have him 11th in true talent now without splitting the, the workload like he'd been doing with Ebron before. And so this matchup at home against the Titans actually boosts him up into my top 10 of the position this week. The Titans are number 26 in DVOA against tight ends. So Doyle may be somebody to pick up in your redraft leagues if you're having trouble at tight end. There's just not a lot of great options out there. And Doyle has a chance, I think, to maybe enter the top eight in terms of true talent. And then finally here with Hollister, he gets a home matchup against the Vikings that just in terms of DVOA does not seem like a good matchup at all. The Vikings are number two in DVOA defense against tight ends, but the Vikings are actually allowing <laughs> 60 yards per game to the position. That's nearly three times what the 49ers allow, and they're the number one DVOA defense against tight ends. So this may be a situation, again, where this is a better fantasy matchup than it seems a real matchup for, for tight ends. Meanwhile, Hollister is getting such an extreme amount of red zone target usage right now that I just think you probably are going to want to start him in, in all of your intermediate to deeper leagues, regardless of the matchup. And we'll close this out with the tight ends with the worst matchups this week. Those include Mark Andrews, Hunter Henry, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Zach Ertz. Again, probably tight ends you're not going to be benching just because of bad matchups, but maybe for DFS reasons. Mark Andrews gets that home matchup against the 49ers. I probably would avoid him in DFS this week. The 49ers are number one in DVOA defense against the position, and they allow just 24 yards per game to the position, by far the most in football, or the, the fewest in football. Uh, for Kittle, uh, he's on the court of the other end of that, facing off against the Ravens, also a tough matchup for tight ends. They allowed just 43 yards per game to the position, although he looked back to full strength last week, maybe a difficult guy to bench. 
For Darren Waller, maybe the most interesting of this set, he's at the Chiefs in their number 40 VOA uh, defense against tight ends. Waller has seen his target share decline pretty dramatically in recent weeks. He's averaging just 5.0 targets per game the last four after averaging more than eight targets per game over the first half of the season. But with Hunter Renfro suffering possibly a season-ending injury last week, the, the, the Raiders are really just kind of running out of, of decent skill options. And I feel like both he and Tyrell Williams are probably going to see their workloads um, increase pretty pretty sharply without other guys to throw the ball to. If I'm the, the Raiders, I'm probably going to try to rely on Josh Jacobs as much as possible in this game, take advantage of a weak run defense. But if they can, if they fall behind, which seems pretty likely, then I think Waller's going to probably end up getting at least eight targets in the end anyway. So probably not avoiding him either. And with Zach Ertz, he draws that Dolphins matchup. It's not like they light it up against tight ends. They're number 17 in DVOA against the position. But, of course, the Dolphins are really bad just generally, and they're bottom three in DVOA against number one and number two outside receivers as well as receiving backs. So tight ends may not be the primary way that most teams tackle that, that Dolphins defense. And with you know Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar potentially returning for this game, that may be the case for the Eagles too. But again, not benching Ertz in any type of, of redraft league. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and also Stitcher. And uh, next week, the Football Outsiders for Fantasy podcast should return to its normal Tuesday waiver wire and Thursday start and sit schedule. So I look forward to talking to you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.